gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast episode 76, which is entitled again and again. I'm your host G2. And before I get into the topics today, let me read you off the national food days of the week. Today, May 29th is biscuit day. Tomorrow, May 30th is mint julep day. After that, May 31st is macaroon day. Then the 1st of June, June 1st, is hazelnut cake day. Then June 2nd, rotisserie chicken day and also rocky road day. June 3rd, Egg Day, as well as Chocolate Macaroon Day, also Donut Day. And to clean it all off, June 4th is Cognac Day and Cheese Day. I please want people to drink responsibly for these uh, days of alcohol, May 30th and June the 4th. But with this week that we just had, I'm not going to lie to you. If I was a uh, person that were to drink, I probably would have had a couple drinks myself. And I'm not going to mind people just drinking this uh, Memorial Day weekend and just the week after. Because you know what? I'm not going to hold nobody. This week was a travesty. But before I get into the tragic uh, incidents, I do have to pay condolences to a celebrity, uh, Ray Liotta. Uh, He's most notable for playing in The Goodfellas and Field of Dreams. He died at 67. Uh, Wednesday night, but they announced it on a Thursday, his publicist said that uh, he was filming a movie, Dangerous in the Waters, and he died in his hotel room. She said that his cause of uh, death has not been released yet to the world. But I know Ray Liotta basically for the good fellas, as I've stated before, and if new listeners, I'm a fan of mafia movies. He's known for the good fellas, him playing like the guy that constantly would do things that um Try to make money for the mob, but do it in other ways, like sell drugs, even though the big boss told him don't do it. If you watch Goodfellas, you know what I'm talking about. He did a good job in that role, and he's most memorable for that role specifically. Uh, last time I saw Ray Liotta in the film was in the uh, Saints of Newark, the prequel for the Sopranos movie that just came out, I believe, last year. He was in that, and he played two characters in that, but... uh. It's weird to pass away in your sleep as you're filming a film. It's weird, but whenever they do decide to release uh, details of his what made him pass, I want everybody to please pay your respects to his family because they're going through something right now because nobody expected their uh, husband and or father to be going away after uh, just going to film a movie. But So again, uh, rest in peace to Ray Liotta. Now on to the most tragic thing that happened this week. But before I get into it, um, I just want you to hear something that NBA coach uh, Steve Kern said whenever he found out about the news about the shootings in Texas. So here's the clip right now. Since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And And a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California, and now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? 
I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. So I'm fed up. I've had enough. We're going to play the game tonight, but I want every person here, every person listening to this, to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister, brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs, you know. Come on, Mavs, let's go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go play a basketball game. And 50 senators in Washington are going to hold us hostage. Do you realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check? 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough. Steve Kerr is everybody in America right now. We're all tired. We're all fed up with this. We're all trying to make sense of why this happened or why this continues to happen. Why is this a thing that continues to happen where shooting happens? We all read about it. We all say, oh, my God. And we all will give our well wishes and condolences to the families. And we all just try to figure out like what could have been done to stop it. We all try to figure that out, but it constantly happens. And what usually happens in the rotation is we read about it. We give our condolences. We are stuck on that one issue for about a week or two. And then something else happened. And then that issue gets swept underneath the rug and we pay attention to that other issue. Or we go about our daily day uh, activity because life continues to go on. But this this occurrence shouldn't have happened. This whole thing shouldn't have happened. These past two weeks, these shootings shouldn't have happened. You had the Buffalo shooting. You had the church shooting in California. You had the uh, hair salon in Texas, where nobody got killed in that one. It was none but people just injured. But shooting happened there. And now you had this one again in another Texas area, but a, more specific, a Yavalde, Texas elementary school, Rob Elementary, where 19 kids in two teachers got killed it by an 18 year old an 18 year old that people say they dropped out i don't know if he dropped out if he was in school i don't care personally but he was able to get into a school with an automatic rifle well rifle ak-47 whatever you want to call it in a glock they already listed those weapons and a lot of artillery with them or magazines as they like to call it he was able to get into a schoolhouse and just start letting loose. It doesn't make sense to me. Oh, yeah, and he shot his grandmother, so we don't even know if she's still living or not. Well, they last said she was in critical condition, so they haven't deemed her 
dead, she still has um, a chance to live. It's just weird. It's weird. I'm going to play something for you, and I want you to really hear this. You understand me? I want you to really hear this. Now, for people that didn't hear that much more clearly, that was children saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I'm not sure if they still do it mandatory now, but when I was a child, all the way up to I was a high schooler, you would get up in the morning, go to school, and once that bell rings, the first thing you would do is they'll have you stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I want to read to you what the Pledge of Allegiance actually means. When you say, I pledge allegiance, it means to make a promise. To the flag of the United States of America means we are making a promise to our country and to the republic for which it stands means the people who are Americans living in our country. One nation under God, indivisible, means all the American people are one group and we cannot be broken up. With liberty means we are free to make our own choices in this country and justice for all means to be fair and have the same rules for everyone. By that definition, these kids are pledging to America and America's pledging back to them that they will be giving everything fair, have the same opportunities and rules, and you'll be able to make your own choices and have freedom and all that. But to be honest, America, the people at the top, the people that we the citizens elect had to sit there and make the decisions for us. The people that we have thinking that are in our best interest. We have failed these children. We have failed them to the degree that now they are dead and they are fearing for their lives. Every day that they go to school. Think about that. I didn't have to do this whole freaking gun shooting thing until I was in the high school. And that was around... What, 2010-ish? 2011? I got out in 2013. I didn't have to do these shut the lights off, hide into a corner until I was in high school, 2010. Before that, I had to do the original earthquake drills and like, uh, what, a fire drill. That's about it. Now kids got to do all three, fire drills, earthquake drills, and the whole hiding out of a lockdown type drill. Do you know how ridiculous that sounds? Kids today, elementary schoolers today, have to do lockdown drills. That's ridiculous. But in the times that we live in where people are just able to go around, purchase AK-47s, purchase these shotguns, purchase these heavy artillery style weapons, it makes no sense. And yes, people are going to say, well, they do background checks. They do. Listen to me, dog. Listen, let's, let's cut this. There is no way a regular civilian should be having a AK or shotgun or anything of high weaponry, high power weaponry. Now, if you want to shoot it at a shooting range or whatever the case may be, sure, do that. Have a blast. But you should not be able to have one in your home.
having a regular standardized 9mm Glock, that type of gun, sure. Because that's a one-person weapon right there. That's, you know what it is. You know it as a standardized gun. AKs are not standard. Shotguns are not standard. Those are high-powered weapons. There's no reason for a civilian to have those. But, hey, again, we as the citizens, we as the adults, we as the authoritative figures that are allowed to vote, that are allowed to drive, and all that stuff, all that jazz, we failed the children. We failed the future because we haven't figured out a way to really squash this stuff. When you really stop to think about it, why does anybody really need a high-power weapon in their house? Think about it. Seriously, why? There's no reason for it at all. The only people who ever have a high-powered weapon that we all know about is usually like drug dealers. If we're really going to be honest, if you're in a big drug gang, they will get it some way, somehow under the dark market or just by getting it by another uh, way of getting that weapon. It makes no sense to me how a regular civilian gets it. It doesn't make no sense to me how anybody outside of the army has high power weapons. It makes no sense to me, but this is the time that we live in. And I just want to clarify something here. It says that uh, as it was going through the news today, they said that the shooter, uh, Salvador Ramos, he was able to get into the school by a door that was unlocked in the back. And then he barricaded himself inside one of the classrooms. And that's when they start uh, shooting the students and the teachers. That is weird to me. How was not, how, how were the doors not locked? How were, how, how does that happen? How does it happen? Did somebody have them unlock it? Was it a simple, oh my God, we just happened to not lock it because people getting careless now because it's the end of the school year. Think about it. They said it that this was supposed to be their last week of school. These children's last week of school. So somebody probably got careless and thought, eh, I didn't think that was going to happen. And now something happened. I can't even get into my sister's elementary school without being buzzed in. Are you kidding me? They have everything procedure locked down before all this crap. They've been doing this stuff, what, for a good some odd four? No, no, no. She's in, no, she's in some odd grade now. They've been doing this for a good couple of years now. I couldn't get in. You had to buzz yourself in. They had to watch you through a camera that they have right there. They buzz you in. And they even have, like, you had to go to the office and ask, hey, I need to see my sister. They'll call her down. She'll come down with a, like, little uh, card. And they'll have, like, the card will have to click it to the little machine to even unlock the door so they can go from a building to building. That's the type of thing. Because I remember walking from the office to her class at one point and I couldn't even get into the building and I was trying to figure out what is going on and then when I saw a kid with a little card and they had to put the card next to the um clicker I was like yo this is wild but they take all the necessary safety precautions because we live in this we live in this un we live in this god forsaken situation right now where it just doesn't make any sense how someone can just easily waltz right in and just start doing what they're what they do it doesn't make any 
since. I try to look for some type of reasoning. I try to. Uh, and I found one thing. This comes from Newsweek. It says Salvador Ramos, oh, Ramos was angry that he did not graduate, Texas neighbor says. This is on a, from an article that came out Wednesday. It says elementary school shooter Salvador Ramos began his massacre by shooting his grandmother because he was enraged over his failure to graduate high school this week, according to a neighbor. Classmates of the 18-year-old are due to attend their graduation ceremony well, they Friday, May 27th. Ramos' fury over his lack of academic success sparked a fight with his grandmother shortly before he shot and drove to the Robb Elementary School to embark on his killing spree in Uvalde, Texas, the neighbor said. The man was not interviewed on camera, but reporter John Moan of local news channel Newsy revealed he had spoken to a resident he named as Eduardo Trinidad, who was described as a family friend and neighbor. He said, I spoke with a man across the way here. He says he knows this suspect's grandmother, who police say he shot. He said he knew her from family connections. He described a scene in which this young man, 18 years old, was reportedly, according to the neighbor, his name is Ricardo Eduardo, uh, he said that the suspect was angry he did not graduate. And he got into an argument with his grandmother and she was screaming. He shot me. He shot me. And then he got in the car, zoomed down the street. There was some kind of crash. According to Mr. Trinidad, the suspect got out. He had two weapons and then started engaging gunfire. From that point on, apparently, according to Mr. Trinidad, the suspect walks into the school. And unfortunately, the rest is history. Now, I'm not sure if that's true or not. Again, there's been conflicting situations. There have been conflicting reports saying you know, he was a dropout or he was a sophomore or whatever the case may be. I don't know for certain. We all just know that he got in there and he did what he did to these children. And it just, again, doesn't make sense. But um, the governor for Texas would say on Wednesday that the shooter had a mental health challenge. And he would go on to say, we as a state, we as a society need to do better with mental health. Abbott said during a news conference at Robb Elementary School. His remarks came just a day after an outraged Connecticut senator called out lawmakers opposed to gun control who seek to blame mental illness for the most recent school shootings and others before it. See, right there. I'm not sure if the kid had mental illness or not. I'm not sure of it at all. I, I don't know. This is one of those cases that I'm trying to figure out. Okay, did he have a mental health issue? Did he... Was there something? Was there anything that anybody could have done? Now, people are going to say, well, if you had mental health issues, the parents should have gotten involved in all this type of stuff. Let me explain something to you right now. Do you, if you guys don't remember, there was a shooting in Michigan uh, late in November or early November, one or two last year. And the kid had his gun and he went to the schoolhouse. They saw the gun inside his book bag. And they called his parents down there. You get the drift. The parents go there. They talk. And the kid goes right back to the classroom. And he ends up having the gun still with him. And then he starts going on a tear. I talked about that on episode 51. And now the kid and the parents are in jail right now. The kid had to cry out for help. He wrote down on a piece of paper, help me. He wrote it down on a piece of paper. Dude, parents need to step up with their kid. You cannot be a friend to your kid. 
You can't. There's times where you can be friends with your children. When you're out on vacation, when you're out watching a movie, when you're out at a restaurant and you're doing these fun activities. Yes, that is called bonding time. That's called the parent-child bonding time. That's more on the establishing end of that's your buddy at that point. But when it's not that time, you have to be an authoritative figure all the time. It doesn't mean you have to be a person with a stick up your butt, but you have to be an authoritative figure. You got to tell them when right is right and wrong is wrong. You can tell them when they can go somewhere and when they can't go somewhere. And if they try to stomp and huff a fit, sometimes you just got to let them stomp a fit because you know what? They're just upset that you didn't go and do what they wanted to do. That's normal children adolescent or even teenager behavior that's the exact that's exactly what's supposed to happen sometimes certain parents are not capable with dealing with children that are going to stomp or teens is going to throw a fit or whatever the case may be sometimes parents might want to try to put hands on their kids i would say don't do that that's me personally but and i'm gonna say but there are certain children that actually react better whenever they get hands put on them i'm not saying to do it but you got to know your kid. Let's put it like that. Certain kids are able to react better if you put hands on them and then they'll get the fear of God putting them that way. That if I do this, I'm going to get beat up for this by my parents. So I'm not going to do that. Certain children or you got to yell at them and then they'll snap out of it and then they'll fall right in line with what you want to do. Certain kids, you can't yell at them. You got to talk to them reasonably and tell them what they're doing is wrong, why they're doing it, what they're doing is wrong. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Okay, fine, I'll switch, fix my way. And certain kids are just straight up hard-headed. I ain't going to hold you. So it's all about you got to figure out the right way of how you're going to teach and help your child out. For this shooter, I don't, I, I don't know. I have no idea in the world what could have happened. I don't know. Last thing I know, they said that he was living with his grandmother at the time. He and his mother weren't on good speaking terms. That's the only thing I'm getting out of the news with this. I, uh, boy, this one's a hard one. I ain't going to hold nobody because, dude, everybody's trying to look for something. Everybody wants America to change up on the gun laws and the bills for that. Let me explain something to you right now. The shooting in the movie theaters for Batman, the most famous one, happened in 2012 in June. Sandy Hook happened in December of 2012. I was in school at that time, and I thought, wow, this is ridiculous. How could somebody allow that to happen? Okay, let's, let's do something about this. Nothing, nothing came about it, right? Fast forward. Dylan Roof, 2015, church. Okay, safe haven, church house. Nobody should be shooting at a church. Somebody does that. Okay, let's do something here because that was a whole hot topic here. Gun reform and all this type of stuff. Nothing. Fast forward some more. We get the white man shooting in the Asian salons in ATL last year. Anything happened after that? Nah. There was just an Asian hate bill that got signed, but anything with gun reform? Nah. There was a shooting in a movie theater last year that got two kids dead, two teenagers dead in California. Anything happened with that with gun reform? Nope. Again, the middle schooler that shot people inside the schoolhouse last year in Michigan. Anything happened there? Nope. There was another, there was going to be another school shooting last year. Two kids 
who planned on going to the middle school, their middle school that they were in, and start shooting it up. But it got stopped because police found out what they were going to do, and they stopped those two kids. Any gun reform there? Nope. Now, with the past two weeks, Buffalo shooting, Salon shooting, Church being shot up in California. Now, with this, I'm telling you right now, I don't see any gun reform happening. I don't see it. I don't at all. It's one of those things that I think that Americans are just going to be stuck on. They are so stuck on not letting their guns be taken away from them. They want to have that artillery in their hands. Let me say this to you right now again. You don't need high-powered weaponry in your house. You don't need it. It shouldn't be there. It makes no sense in the world. You're not being drafted to the war. You're not having invaders, literally from another country, invading your territory, your home, and start shooting up your whole spot. You're not having that. This ain't wartime, World War One, World War II. Uh, if people in Afghanistan after 9-11 wanted to come over here and start shooting up a joint, we haven't even hit that point. We haven't hit none of those things. We're not in wartime over here on American soil. So there's no reason for regular civilians to have high-powered artillery. There's no reason at all. But we have it because we want it. And America's all about, if you want it, you can get it. Just go get it. Give you simple background checks. We'll give you lackluster background checks in certain places. But, yeah, you can go ahead and get that. It makes no sense. The kid was 18. He just turned 18. He was able to get two high-powered guns. How? 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 That's like somebody just waiting for somebody to take somebody. You like red carding somebody. And if you don't know what red carding is, let me explain it to you. It's like an older man or older female looking after somebody that's young. And they can't wait for them to turn 18, so they have the red card them. They are looking at them. They just can't wait to pounce on them. As soon as they turn 18, bow. There it is. I'm going after them now. Now that they just turned fresh 18. This kid was literally fresh turn 18. And he got guns. How? It makes no sense. Yes, the law says you have to wait be 18 to buy a gun, supposedly. But... How do we allow that to happen? It just doesn't make sense. There should be a time frame where you have to go through all these certain things to just even require a gun. As a matter of fact, if we can't even drink until you're 21, how are we giving somebody the ability to buy a gun at the age of 18? You can drink and drive all day at the age of 21. But you're giving somebody the ability to shoot somebody at the age of 18. What are we doing as a society that we are allowing that to happen? I don't understand it. Somebody please make it make sense to me. They found um, his text messages and they posted it up. And I'm just going to read something. He was apparently texting somebody. Uh, they said the messages, mirrors uh, that he sent to a 15-year-old acquaintance in Germany who shared them with CNN. 
Uh, he says, I'm going to tell you right now. Hold on. Waiting for this B. I'm going to do something to her right now. OMG, she's on the phone with AT&T about my phone. It's annoying. What? I just shot my grandma in her head. I'm going to go shoot up at elementary school right now. And then hours go by. The girl texts him back. I just saw the news. But apparently, by the time she must have texted him, he did what he did. And he must have already got killed at that by that time. It, it doesn't make sense, man. It don't make sense. His grandfather talked to ABC News. He said that uh, he didn't go to school last year and spent a lot of his time alone in his room in his grandparents' uh, home. He didn't talk very much. Uh, he moved out of his mother's home after they had problems. In an interview at a local hospital where Romos's grandmother is being treated, the shooter's mom, Adrian Reyes, told the Daily Mail she was surprised by her son's rampage. My son wasn't a violent person, she claimed. I had a good relationship with him. He kept to himself. He didn't have many friends. She said the last time they spoke was Ramos's birthday when she gave him a card and a Snoopy stuffed animal. But the mother's live-in boyfriend, 62-year-old Juan Alvarez, told NBC News that the teen had a turbulent relationship with Reyes and left her home after a fight over the Wi-Fi. He was kind of a weird one. I never got along with him. He, I never socialized with him. He doesn't talk to nobody. He said, when you try to talk to him, he'll just sit there and walk away. Ronald Reyes and his grandson celebrated his 18-year-old birthday on May 16th with a trip to Applebee's with his grandmother, but they had no idea he also celebrated by purchasing two AR-15 rifles and 375 rounds of ammunition. See what I'm saying? See? See right there. You guys have no idea what these kids are doing. These teenagers are doing nothing. You guys as parents have to step it up. I constantly say this whenever things happen, and I mean it. You guys got to go through, sometimes you got to go through your kid's phone. You got to do it. You got to go through their iPad. You got to do it. You got to go through their laptop. You got to do it to see exactly what your kid is up to, who they're talking to, see what is going on in their head, what their mind is thinking you got to talk to them, you got to pester them, you got to do what you got to do as a parent because you want to know why somebody's kid is going to end up like that, doing something horrible like this and making other parents feel pain that they will never ever see their kid again. It's just not fair. It's not fair to other parents that your kid does something to them and it's not fair to you as a parent because you don't expect your kid to do something so damning, so violent, so horrendous to somebody else. You don't expect that. You as a parent, I don't think nobody as a parent expect their kid to do something this like this. I don't think that at all. Certain parents, they know about it. It's not going to say that, but I'll say a majority of them, they don't expect this at all. I'll try to end it like this. I want people to please, one, look after your children, parent them, treat them, and nurture them the right way the rest you're supposed to. Don't be their friend when it's not time to be their friend or be their buddy. Be their adult. 
be their authoritative figure in their life that they need to guide them down the right path because this kind of stuff doesn't need to be happening. One. Two. Look after your children. If you have young ones now, I want you to please hold them and love on them and squeeze on them tight because going to school should not be a trivial thing of saying, this might be the last time I see my child. child. This thing shouldn't be trivial. This thing shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be that at all. When you drop your child off, this thing should be like, okay, I'm going to pick you up at some such time when you get off. Okay, bye, I love you. And then you come in back and at that time in which they come out, you get them, you ask them how their day was, you go home or you go out and do some extracurricular activity if you do that type of stuff, and you go about your day as a parent with your child. This, this kind of crap needs to end. School shootings need to end. This kind of garbage doesn't need to be happening at all. So if you have your child, please watch a movie with them. Take them to go to the park, uh, even though I say the park is nothing but a place full of germs. But if it makes them happy, take them there, but take and get them a shower as soon as they get home. Just going to quickly rectify that. Go out and get ice cream with them just this weekend, this Memorial Day weekend. Do something with them that's not going to make them feel a certain type of way that will make them feel happy that'll make them feel joyous that will give them that joyous feeling do that with them go out to the movies there's certain movies out there i know right now if you got paramount plus play uh sonic sonic the hedgehog 2 i know that just came out on paramount plus if you got disney plus uh watch chippendales the newest chippendale movie that just came out with them or watch some old Disney movies or some Marvel movies. Watch whatever your kid is into and just create that bond with them this Memorial Day weekend. Create it with them after you just saw something horrific happen to children that it should not have happened to. There are parents right now that will wish that they could just spend another five extra minutes with their child right now that they can't because of somebody taking them away from them. You have your kid with them. You have your kid with you right now. Take those times as a parent and cherish them and love those moments. Because, again, you don't know when you're going to get it. You don't know when it's ever going to happen. Nobody expected that to happen. So just always cherish your children. And don't, and I mean this wholeheartedly when I say this, don't trip over the little things. Because the little things will be little things. They're little things for a reason. They come and go. The big things are what you have to stop and talk to your kids about. Or the little things you can like tap them on the hand and be like, ah, don't do that again. And then they'll get the point. The big things you sit down and you talk to them about because they need your guidance as a parent. <laughs> but right now, this is the time of loving and loving up on your kid to the point that they're going to say, all right, mom and dad, all right, get off me. Love on them that much to make them say, all right, get off me. That's when you know, like, all right, I give them enough love, but then go back for more. That's what you got to do for that. And thirdly, politicians, if you guys really want to do something, and first and foremost, if you happen to listen to this, if you want to do something, I want you guys to get your heads out of each other's rectums 
get out of the people that's paying you, aka these big corporations, get out of their pockets and actually do something for the civilians that actually vote for you to be in these spots. Vote for the people that have lost children these weeks. Well, this week and past, the years before, the Sandy Hooks, the people that lost elderly in Buffalo, the people that lost churchgoers in California church last week, the people that have been losing people in movie theaters for years, the people that have been losing people in stores for gun shooting for years, the people that are just losing people in the streets for years over guns. Do something about it. Do something. If you don't want to take their guns away, make a bill that makes artillery high to the sky. The same way the gas prices are going up, I want you to shoot them bullet prices up. Shoot them artillery prices up to make people say, boy, I got to pay that to get Jesus Christ. No. And now make people rethink buying artillery, buying ammunition. And then if it don't, constantly just raise the price up. And if that doesn't work, then you got to start taking people's guns away. My first thing is take the heavy artillery away because no regular civilian should have heavy artillery with them. It is not conscience. It's not conscionable. There's nothing in your conscience that should tell you, all right, I should have a heavy gun with me. No, there's no need for that. There's no wants for that. There's no, there's no need for you to have a heavy artillery. You're not in the, you're not in the force. You're not in none of that. So please, politician, if you want to do something, raise the prices on bullets, do all that other good stuff that you guys can do if you guys are afraid to take somebody's guns away from them. So again, I want to give my condolences, my deep, deep sorrow and condolences to the people that lost children in this horrific shooting this past Tuesday, to the children that have lost parents from this shooting because two teenage, well, two teachers are dead from this shooting as well. And one of them had a husband who ended up passing away of a heart attack days after just dropping off flowers at her uh, memorial. And this is coming from Rolling Stone. As it says, the family of Irma Garcia, one of the two teachers who sacrificed their lives to save the students at the Robb Elementary shooting in Yovade, Texas, is now also mourning the loss of another family member. Garcia's husband, Joe, died Thursday of a heart attack minutes after dropping off flowers at her memorial, the New York Times reports. Extremely heartbreaking and come with deep sorrow to say that my Tia Irma's husband, Joe Garcia has passed away due to grief, wrote John Martinez, Garcia's nephew on Twitter. I am truly at a loss for words for how we are all feeling. Please pray for our family. God have mercy on us. This isn't easy. See, this man dropped because of a broken heart. It's reported that uh, they were high school sweethearts. They have uh, four children together. The ages are 23, 19, 15, and 13 year old. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. This man went to his wife's memorial, put flowers, and then minutes later, 
drop dead of a heart attack. See? Certain people are not able to handle this type of stuff. Nobody should be going through this type of stuff, but certain people especially are not able to handle these types of situations. But again, as the title episode is called, again and again, we constantly go through this again and again. It seems like this is a repeated action. But I want the cycle to end. Do I see it ending anytime quickly? No. Do I see us going through something like this again, probably before the year is done with? Yeah, because lawmakers aren't going to be able to get out of their own ways, get their own head out of people's rectums, get their hands out of people's pockets. They're not going to be able to do that because people are too greedy. That's the way I feel personally, but we shall see. But again, um, rest in peace to the 19 children that lost their lives to this heinous, horrible um, situation. Rest in peace to the two teachers that put their lives on the lines, trying to protect their students. And I want to wish peace. I want to wish well wishes and try to find some type of something for the families that lost their children. Because boy, oh boy, just going through ABC, CBS, NBC, and seeing and hearing from the parents that lost their children and the aunties that lost their nieces and nephews and hearing them detail the story of they would come home and interact with the kids but now they'll never be able to do that again and hearing parents talk about hey they were waiting outside but they never got to see their kid come out you just see them start breaking down and they recall it and they just start crying it is it was heartbreaking to me it's heartbreaking this whole thing was heartbreaking to me Nothing else in the news this week mattered, if we're going to truly be honest. Nothing else in the news mattered, and I think everybody knew that. So that's why I am begging and I am pleading for politicians. If you happen to hear this, please try to do something. Please try. Try. No, not try. Because you know what? We can say, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. No, do it. There's no more trying this. Just, just do. Do it. Like Nike, just do it. Get this crap Pass. Get something fixed and relegated and done to make this thing never happen again. And if it does happen again, it's one of those real, rare, rare occasions that, by God, this thing happened? That people will say, we haven't had this crap happen in so long of years. Instead of it constantly happening almost monthly and almost yearly, shooting, 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 shooting at places where you're not expecting a shooting to happen. A school, not expecting a shooting. Grocery store, not expecting a shooting. A church, not expecting a shooting. You're not expecting these shootings at places that are safe havens for people. Come on. But we shall see what happens in the future for the love of God. This was sad. This was sad, and I am sorry for um, that. But it had to be talked about by me. There was no way I was not going to talk about it. There was no way. I spent almost 45 minutes talking about this topic, but it's a lot of layers to it because you got to talk about the shooter. You don't know if he was, what what relationship he had with his parents. You don't know that. You had to cover that. You had to cover how to even get the guns, how America failed the kids and constantly keeps failing. You got to talk about these type of things. There's levels to how we get to this instance every single time. And we just want to make it better. 
for the kids, the future. We have to make it better for the future, a.k.a. the kids. Because they're the ones supposed to be leading the charge for the future. They're supposed to be making a way for a better tomorrow, a legitimate better tomorrow, the future. And if we have no kids that can go off into the future, we're just going to be extinct. And that's not what life's about. It's about recreating and going about your day and perishing and hoping that you leave something for the generation that you created so they can go and grab the baton that you have already built it and pass it on to them and let them run with that and have them build onto the empire or build on something of their own legacy from what you already given them the blueprint of and they just remodel it and they just make it better or whatever have you. That's what living is all about. You give birth. You go and grow up. You find somebody. You recreate or reprocreate if you can. And if you can't, you adopt a child and you teach them up in the right way and right way they need to grow up. And then you give them the knowledge. And then when you pass away, they have the knowledge and everything that they can build upon it. That's what I'm saying, man. This, this wasn't right. These kids will never be able to go to their middle school, never be go to their high school, never be able to marry if they want to marry somebody. They'll never be able to go to movie theaters again. They'll never be able to do regular things that children are supposed to do. They'll never be able to live a normal life because their life was taken away from them by somebody that was supposedly with mental issues. This was a shame. And I'm sorry. I truly am sorry to all the families out there that have been experiencing losses weeks and weeks at a time, months and months at a time, years and years at a time, especially this. And I'm going to feel sorry for Sandy Hook, too, because it's almost been a decade since Sandy Hook happened. Once December rolls around, there's going to be a legit 10 years since the Sandy Hook shooting happened and nothing and gun reform has happened yet. So I have doubt in my legal system. I have doubt in my uh, people in office, but we shall see what they uh, do in this time that everybody's calling for united front and we need to fix this uh, stuff. The only other thing that uh, came across everybody else's mind at the back end was the Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, trial. This is the last week of it. We had cross-examinations and we had closing testimonies uh, this past Friday. And you heard from Johnny Depp's team. You heard from Amber Heard's team. And you know what? To be truly honest with you, dude, why are we even doing this? Why are we doing this? We know Johnny Depp's team got this in the bag. Amber Heard is not winning this thing. It doesn't make sense how we're still doing this, but... uh. No need to fear because Amber Heard is now suing Johnny Depp for $100 million for defamation for a smear campaign that uh, she said her for that Johnny Depp's former lawyer uh, spearheaded. So now she is suing Johnny Depp for $100 million. So if Johnny Depp wins this, he only gets $50 million, but I don't see him getting in that. And Amber Heard is going to be wanting double that $50 million, so that's $100 million if she wins her uh defamation case with Johnny Depp and the one that she's up with dude this whole thing's nothing but a big jumble mess dude 
this whole case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard was all about clearing Johnny Depp's name and exposing Amber Heard's lies to the public of her not being a victim, but her being a, an abuser. That's what this whole case was about. Money, I think Johnny Depp isn't so worried about it too much. I think he's more worried about his reputation so he can get back on the movie scenes and movie screens and the sets to make the money for himself. I don't think... I think Johnny knows that Amber probably ain't got $50 million. This was just all about clearing his reputation and basically letting everybody know that, yo, I didn't do none of these horrible, horrible, like, horrific things that Amber Heard said I did. Now, was I a person? Was I toxic to her? Yes. Was she toxic to me? Yes. Was this a toxic relationship that we were in? Yes. This the side of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's whole marriage, their whole style of what, how long they were married and all that stuff. Johnny Depp did not walk back any of that. He knew that he acted toxic in certain ways, and but he knew that he never laid hands on her. He never physically or emotionally abused her as she claimed that she did in her opic that she wrote. This was all what the trial was about for Depp and Amber. I believe Johnny Depp's going to win this. This thing shouldn't take that long. If anything, I think we should have some like within this week coming up. I believe that we're going to have somebody probably saying, hey, oh, we got the verdict in and we found that Johnny Depp wins this case or whatever. That's what I'm seeing out of this. If Johnny Depp doesn't win this, I'm going to be shocked by it personally. That's on me. I'm going to feel shocked if Johnny Depp doesn't win. But I see that Johnny Depp is going to win this. And also, another thing that popped up in the news before I get you guys completely out of here is that this is coming from the Associated Press. Kevin Spacey to face four sex assault charges in Britain as the report reads... British prosecutors said Thursday that they had authorized police to charge actor Kevin Spacey with four counts of sexual assault against three men, an announcement that came as the actor was in court in New York testifying in a different case. The Crown Prosecution Service said it had authorized criminal charges on the four sex assault counts and one of causing a person to engage in sexual activity without consent. The alleged incidents took place in London between March 2005 and August 2008, and one in Western England in April 2013. The alleged victims are now in their 30s and 40s. Rosemary Asli, head of the Service Special Crime Division, said the charges followed a review of evidence gathered by London's Metropolitan Police. Prosecutors initially said Spacey had been charged. However, they later clarified that charges had been authorized but the formal charging by police has not yet taken place. The authorization to charge means criminal proceedings against Spacey are underway. The police force said Spacey, who is not currently in Britain, will be formally charged at a later date. If Spacey does not return to Britain to face the charges, prosecutors could seek to start extradition proceedings. So now actor Kevin Spacey is now facing four more sexual assaults in his path as he's trying to clear his name of anything because he was in court uh, Thursday because he testified in a courtroom in, uh, Thursday in New York City in the civil lawsuit filed by Rap. It was a teenager, Anthony Rap, who accused the star of assaulting him at a party in the 1980s when the Rap was a teenager. Uh, Spacey was there in court on that. Another criminal 
case brought against Spacey an indecent assault and battery charge stemming from the alleged groping of an 18-year-old man at an Nantucket resort was dismissed by Massachusetts prosecution prosecutors in 2019. So my guy is just out here. Just there's too many people for you to be. There's too many people to be coming out and saying that yo, my man groped me or we he did something to me or something like that. Yo, this thing is nutty. It just doesn't. This is another one that doesn't make sense when you really wrap it all together. These men were able to hold that down for years and didn't say anything for years. And then later they come out and they say something about it. Now, what I would have liked it for them to have said it earlier. Yes, because I still go back to it. If you go out and you say something earlier to stop somebody, guess what? That stops them from doing something nasty towards somebody else. So I wish that the people would have said something earlier about a uh, man's being a nasty heathen. But now that it's all out here, there needs to be some type of documentary. The same way they had R. Kelly with documentaries out here and the same way they had Michael Jackson with documentaries out here, there needs to be a Kevin Spacey one out here. I have not seen a Kevin Spacey documentary. I, I haven't seen one. Yeah, I just looked it up. There's no Kevin Spacey documentary. You guys have been sitting on this for years. My man has been chilling out for years. And you mean to tell me there is no Kevin Spacey documentary? The way you guys would be work on quick to grab somebody with a documentary. You mean to tell me you ain't got one for Kevin Spacey yet? Yo, y'all are bugging. So that tells you exactly what it is. Hollywood. You guys got to get to work on it. Get a Kevin Spacey documentary. Does Kevin Spacey got something on all y'all that you guys aren't throwing a documentary out? I mean, he hasn't been working in big high acclaim like situation since 2017 he's starting to come back and do like little films here and there in certain roles i mean he's doing a film right now and the director had to come out and he's uh, responding to some of these sexual assault charges and this come from the hollywood reporter there are those who wish for him not to act as the article would go on in the wake of the uk prosecutors authorizing criminal sexual assault charges against kevin spacey the producers behind the embattled actor's latest film Peter 5-8 have backed the Oscar winner as he attempts to resurrect his screen career. While it's unfortunate that increased negative press is timed with Kevin returning to work, it's also to be expected. There are those who wish for him not to act, but they are outnumbered by fans worldwide who await an artist they have enjoyed for decades returning to the screen, said a statement obtained by the Hollywood Reporter from the backers of Peter 5-8. See right there, that tells you right there that somebody is backing him, that Kevin Spacey still has some pull somewhere in Hollywood. He just had to do a timeout, sit on the sideline, and then ta-da, he's back in some type of film here and there. That's one thing I don't get. Why would there not a documentary about Kevin Spacey when you get documentaries about all these people? Aaron Hernandez, he does something wrong? Documentary. Uh, R. Kelly, there was that sneaked that out mad crazy we didn't expect that but then the surviving r kelly doc comes out there bong then surviving neverland or returning to neverland that came out bong uh there's been other documentaries where you have all the details right there that you have the people that were victims of it matter of fact there was a bill cosby one that just happened that was I believe it was on showtime and you had the people that got assaulted by him. They were in that one. You mean to tell me that you can't get a 
documentary guy to get the people that were assaulted by Kevin Spacey, put it out there and let the people get at Kevin Spacey the same way they got at Bill Cosby, the same way they get at R. Kelly, the same way they get at Aaron Hernandez, the same way that they get at Michael Jackson when they had Michael Jackson, even after he dead and gone with the Return of Neverland situation. You mean to tell me that we don't have people getting at Kevin Spacey with documentaries about this type of mess? Oh, get out of here. We know what it's about. Come on. I shouldn't have to spell it out for you. You know what it is. It's in the water. It's right there in your face. Look at all those men that I just named. What do they all have in common? And look at Kevin Spacey. And what is it? You can figure it out. Now, with that all being said, let me get you guys out of here. Uh, my social media links are you can find me at on Twitter. You can find me at at my two podcasts. Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. Uh, email. My email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Please email me. I would like for people to um, please be living. Please stay alive. I do have the um, suicide hotline number in my uh, description. So if you are feeling some type of way, please call that number because I would like for people to continue to live on and just continue about their living uh, situations. Now, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify. Uh, if I'm forgetting one, I'm sorry, but I want to thank all these big major uh, podcast networks for allowing me to continue to do what I do, allow me to say what I have to say without no repercussions. I really do appreciate it. And um, I would like for everybody to please have a safe Sunday. People are out here on the roads. People are out here uh, doing whatever they're doing because it's Memorial Day weekend. People are out here just enjoying themselves. They're trying to at least enjoy themselves after just experiencing the lows of lows, which we all had to experience by hearing that horrible news. So they're trying to uh, cheer up their spirits this weekend. Please, everybody, have some fun. Do whatever you can to enjoy yourselves um, and just be safe. Don't be a dick. Just be uh a nice human being towards everyone else. Now, with that being said, always remember. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I do love you all. I want everybody to please be safe this Memorial Day weekend. Remember, people out here on the roads, some of them don't know how to drive, some of them do know how to drive, but please be careful of yourself and please be careful and watch out for your families. Please say a prayer or just wish, send out some well wishes to uh, people that definitely need it especially after this week um yeah with that all being said i love you this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 he is i and i am him this is a goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again and with that kanye can you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept.